Welcome to the Weekly Raw. I'm Grant Bruner. I'm Rob Webster. This is episode 733. With us today is Laughlin. Uh, what cats are you thinking about today, Laughlin? <laughs> well, yeah. you answered the question, didn't you? But which which cats? Say it out loud. My cats. I was just feeding them. What are their, what are their names? Jinx and Indy. Like uh, Indiana Jones? Um, like in okay, the game so, studio? Yeah. Okay, so this is problematic. We can say that, yes, this is after Indiana Jones. But actually, he's named after the uh, brand of motorcycles because he purrs like a, like a motorcycle. And I couldn't name him Harley because I already had a Harley cat mm. that also purred like that. So there's the other one. I'm not sure how really th- proper it is to actually pronounce the name. So, therefore, I had to change his name to Indy. So it would be, you know. I gotcha. I really thought you were going to say, technically, it's named after Indiana Jones's childhood <laughs> dog, who Indiana Jones is nicknamed after. And I thought that answer would be very funny. <laughs> uh, well, yes. But <laughs> unfortunately, no, no. It's uh, his name after um, after a motorcycle brand, which is better than Harley Davidson, by the way. Which is more Can- like lifestyle brand these days. Mm. Could you imagine though naming your 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 cat something just so you can will actually somebody every time they ask about your pet's name? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold move. Hmm, you would think that, wouldn't you? Now I have a three minute story to tell you. <laughs> Um, Rob, what a- what animal are you thinking of? Uh, a secret bat whose name I do not understand. T- it's the, the, tell me about the secret bat. So there's uh, there's a museum in Bristol, uh, mm. which I've never been into. It's uh, it's not far away from my flat, so I don't know why I haven't. It's free. Um, but I was having a little wander around a couple of weeks ago, weekends ago, and I thought, you know what? Let's have a little wander through the museum. And it turns out that the museum is fifty percent taxidermy and of that taxidermy it seems to be a mix of uh taxidermy from recent times ish uh and taxidermy from like the victorian times and there are there are signs on the wall saying hey we don't really know how people got these orangutans it definitely wasn't through ethical means let us tell you that it wasn't for ethical means but it seems better to have them for scientific study now them to um yeah but it's, it basically says saws on the wall um <laughs> but there are a lot of um exhibits in there that are uh, that have got fairly shonky little um signage mm. below it so there are there, there is there's signage that refers to the soviet union as though it was the current uh mm. the, the name of the current country mm-hmm. um and there are some bats in the museum that I was particularly taken to. Uh, it was got, I don't remember the full name of the bat, but there was... I'm sorry, the, butts or bats? Bat, bats, you know. Bat butts. Like the little bats. flying guy. Okay. Like a rat that, that flies. Oh, come on, don't bring Like it. a leathery pigeon. Bats. Did you see them? They eat bananas. Just mental. Absolutely amazing thing. I want to have a tattoo that with a bat that is eating a banana. It's adorable. Well, your options, if you go to Bristol Museum, uh, the greater bat, the lesser bat, or there's one without a name plaque, which I think is... <laughs> <laughs> massive diss and my my heart goes out to the bat whose name is lost to the mists of time uh, we respect that bat we think about that bat for two weeks straight um I, I i kind of wish it was it was positioned slightly differently i wish it was like greater bat 
question mark question mark question mark lesser bat <laughs> yeah and like then the it's mystery. like well what happened in between to get the lesser bat yeah could there have been a medium bat that's yeah the medium bat uh, it is rude though to call it the lesser bat it's not it's not the smaller bat it's here hey listen it's a bat but it's not the good one. Yeah, and I feel like putting it next, like freezing its corpse next to the greater bat for all eternity is spiteful. Yeah, it's it's not it's not respectful of the bat. So I want to respect all of the bats, including the greater bat, because it didn't. It's just a pawn in the game, man. I get it. Yeah. Um. I my the animal I'm thinking of is, um, cows, cattle specifically. Um. I, so my the kind of like the land that my family has and my kind of my mom's side of the family has um, is started. It was purchased by my great grandparents. And um, most of the stories that I hear about that farm is when my mother was growing up. So when it had kind of it, when it had kind of been inherited by her father, my grandfather. And almost all of the stories about the animals that they had were exclusively around chickens and pigs, because that is what they had on the farm when my mom was growing up. However, I had never really put it together. There, there's a milk house, like a kind of like a, it's an old farm. There's dilapidated buildings. Um, there's a milk house that I, we were never allowed in, but it like existed. I knew about it, but I never had done the full math that's like, oh yes, milk house, meaning it was a dairy farm. Hey, they raised cows for, for, for dairy products. Um, that was a thing that my great grandparents were doing. Um, and so like that was kind of like made explicit when I had like you, I could have put all those things together, but nobody had ever like told me about like the good old days of, of, of milk <laughs> and cows. It's not, those aren't stories that I heard growing up. It was always about, you know, crops and chickens and pigs. So the, the cattle part had never really, um, entered into my head but but cattle my my great grandparents were cattle farmers so there you go that's what i'm thinking about that's a good thing i was actually thinking about cattle farming farming these days are you, uh, you trying to get into it no no i was actually just thinking about it and you know mind wanders sometimes and upon this subject and i was having it on my mind for the last couple of days it seems less problematic at that point, because like we had like you know, full on factory farming had not really uh, taken hold, so it was probably a lot more like you wake up and you milk some cows and the cows just kick it for the rest of the day um, instead of like no hook them up put them on the machine put the stick sack them all on top of each other um, where it's uh-huh. it's uh, probably a lot worse today than it was um, you know yeah, decades and decades ago. There, there's just one thing about milk and cattle. Um, is that, uh, well, just like humans, the cow only produce milk when they are pregnant and just cough. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um... Easter. Rob, did you do anything for Easter? Uh, I uh, I laid down on a couch and uh, blew the contents of my nose in some paper. Gross. It was a pretty horrible Easter. I had, um, yeah, so I had to cancel the previous recording um, because I had a mystery illness. I am now maybe 
75% think it was COVID, 25% think it was the flu slash miscellaneous. Um, but yeah, got that on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So you've, tes- of- you've tested negative multiple times, right? Yeah, I've tested negative twice. Uh, they were both in the early days, but the, the days when I was feeling absolutely dreadful. Um, but other than that, if I hadn't tested, I would go, mm-hmm. oh, I lost all my sense of taste. I had flu-like systems, uh, mm. symptoms followed by what was uh, it felt more like a cold. If it weren't for the tests, I would have gone, oh, well, that's clearly COVID. Uh, but as it is, I'm a bit like, well, you know it what? It's weird, what? right? Because like it, the one thing that is like that the COVID does that the flu, t- not that the flu never does this, but usually doesn't, is the, is the sense of taste and smell. Yeah, yeah. And up until about maybe Monday, I'd have gone, oh, yeah, it's probably the flu, I guess. But then just halfway through my dinner, I was like, I can't taste any of this. And then later on, I was putting, uh, I was playing, you have Vicks Vaporub in the US? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was playing that, and I was like, I, I literally cannot smell this. I cannot taste you a thing. Even, can you even, could you feel the, like, the tingling sensation, but not smell it? I could feel a little bit of the coldness, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was very surreal. Um, yeah. Very, very gloomy. Um, but yeah, I had a, I had a fairly dog shit Easter, but. I don't know. I've, I've played a lot of Civilization. Are your are have you have any of your senses like bounced back? Are you still in the no take zone? No, I'm 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 back. I would say yesterday my sense of taste was maybe at seventy to eighty percent, and my sense of smell was maybe twenty to thirty mm-hmm. percent. Um, today it is getting like tastes maybe close to 100% back and sense of smell is still milder than it was but over the course of today has been yeah. returning so i mean considering how long it took me to get anything back literally I mean, anything back yeah, yeah i think that you can count yourself lucky on that on that count i certainly um, do consider myself lucky yes i was despondent uh, on the day that it disappeared <laughs> precisely because i know goodness this is this has been a real problem for a lot of people yeah i mean luckily you like you are vaccinated which is you know, going is going to help you fundamentally. Yes. Uh, even even when even with breakthrough things, um, you're you're gonna have a better response. You're you're probably not going to get as sick. You're probably like not going to have the virus fucking ravaging you for as long, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. I mean, it is totally possible that it's some other fucking virus. So totally. Like that, that, yeah, because I like I can remember as a kid getting sick. I mean, I, you're a kid, you're always sick, but I remember one of the times I got sick and just being like, I can't fucking, I mean, I didn't, probably didn't say fucking, but like, I can't, <laughs> I can't taste any, like, being excited, I remember feeling shitty, and then being excited that my grandmother had made food, like, a dish that I liked, and then tasting it and being like, this doesn't really taste like much of anything. Not that it doesn't taste like anything, but it's like, this doesn't taste anywhere close to right um so yeah it's definitely a thing that is possible you know you 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 fuck enough with your your uh sinuses and and stuff that your your smell and taste will get fucked up but um yeah that it in in any case it's unpleasant and i'm glad you're feeling better thank you thank you i'm i'm glad i'm feeling better too (laughs) yeah um uh laughlin how was your easter did you do anything kick it no not really just relaxed most, mm. most yeah it was just one free day mm. as a bonus so yeah was not sprayed with water mm, the unfortunately right? is that, is that dingus thing <laughs> <laughs> good good good, good. It's the, no, how, um, how, do you, how do you say wet t-shirt contest in polish 
Konkurs Makrego pod Koshulka. That is long. Yeah. Is in general in general when you go from English to Polish, is is what you end up with significantly longer than English? No, usually it depends. Some some phrases are way longer in Polish and some are definitely longer in English. Mm, mm, interesting. Especially I know, swearing that's longer in English. Yeah. So to, to also, make it colorful enough, you have to try and in Polish, you don't really have to try that hard. Yeah, it's also, it's hard It's hard to tell because I, I don't speak Polish and I'm not really exposed to any Slavic languages on a regular basis. So when you speak, I hear it as coming very fast. So I don't, would you say that Polish is spoken quickly? <laughs> it can be, but usually it's it's not really that uh, that fast. A Czech is way faster. Yeah, because I, I, I want to say it's like Japanese is spoken like the syllables per second is like ranked the highest where it go it goes real quick, and like Spanish is really high up there as well, and then English is I. Th- if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, but I want to say English is very much in the middle of the pack. Not not exceptionally slow, but also not exceptionally fast. Yeah, it, I, I don't think Polish is much um, faster than English. Maybe just a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I think that the, the problem you have when, when you hear me uh, talking Polish is that mm-hmm. we have lots of consonant clusters uh, mm-hmm. in there, which yeah. can probably make it seem like it's faster because you are used to having... Uh, um, vowels in the middle of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and that's the thing, right? Is that even if I didn't speak Polish, but I heard Polish being spoken regularly, I feel like I would be a lot better at decoding what you're saying because, like, when I hear French being spoken or I hear or I hear Spanish being spoken, I usually can't understand it. But I can like break down. Usually, usually, I can break down what the sounds are that they were saying and try to like transliterate it that way. When you when you speak at full speed in in Polish, I feel like it would be impossible for me to even begin to do that. Well, that's because those are completely different languages. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. But I'm, what I'm saying is, I don't speak Spanish, I don't speak French, but I am exposed to them way more, so I'm much more familiar with the phonemes that they use. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a, a pretty good Easter, uh, so I, I did have a bunch of days off around it. I, you know, I, I took some vacation days plus my holiday uh, with it. So today is my first day back, which I think is, uh, let me recommend everybody, if you have the ability to take vacations and then stagger it so you come back to work and then only have to work one or two days on your on your initial return. Let me say, that's pretty good. It's Hard pretty agree. good. Um, because coming back to work and then being like, I guess I have five full fucking days ahead of me, um, blows. So being like, all right, one, one day, uh, I'm halfway done my work week already. Tomorrow's Friday is pretty solid. I would, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, um, no, I've, I've done similar things and it has always been a delight. I've got a holiday in a couple of weeks and I've done the exact same thing and, Feeling good about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I thought this is my plans, but I couldn't pull this off this week, this year, because someone else did. Oh no! Oh no! No, it's it's fine. I like the coins. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say. I, so I was off. I was off last Friday, 
And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I haven't been to the bakery since I lived here because they're closed. They, you know, they, they, I don't know if bakeries are the same around the world, but they, they close early. Like they close at like four o'clock. Yeah. And I'm like, they're always clo- are closed before I am done working. So I never get to go to the bakery. I can just go there in the middle of the fucking day. I can just go to the bakery and I got baked goods and it was fucking delightful. I'm like, bakeries, I lo- you're great. You sell things that I like to eat. But unfortunately, I can almost never experience them. Oh, that's sad. And yes, that, um, most bakeries also uh, close early. Yeah. yeah. So there is there is some really fantastic bakeries uh, in my neck of the woods. So I was happy. This, I went to the, the one I went to. There's a there's a French bakery that is good, but has um, a shitty parking lot. Oh. And um, and the one I ended up to because the parking lot was full and the French one I went to the Bavarian Bakery delightful uh. delightful lovely superb um, I would uh, recommend if you're if you're coming to Dover Delaware uh, the Bavarian Bakery here in Dover Delaware highly recommend it um, and then you know went and saw my parents and have just largely been kicking it um, had some days where you know went out and did stuff it's been relatively nice out so I've been walking around I'm recording. <laughs> I'm recording this weekend or this podcast topless because it's kind of hot in my office. Nice. <laughs> Too hot for the radio. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, uh, that was my Easter. It was good, uh, taking time off. Hey, everybody, uh, you should take time off if you, ha- I-, I understand that not everybody, uh, can. Uh, if you can, you should do it because, um, you're probably burnt out. It, it, you, pro- you might not know it, but you're probably burnt out. I was burnt out and I'm like, it hasn't been that long since I took a vacation. No, you, you're burnt out. Take a vacation. <laughs> Genuinely, the feeling of, yeah, realizing how much stress you, it's like taking off a big pair of shoes that has been tearing in your feet and you've been going, oh, this is fine. This is absolutely fine. And just that feeling of being able to let go on a Monday and go, man, I've got the world at my fingertips. It's really nice. I, it I is totally fucking wild how creative i feel i'm like i'm gonna do stuff i i I wrote some stuff you know i didn't write a ton of stuff but i'm writing creatively and when i am not on vacation i'm like fucking i just need to lay down i just need to be on the couch i'm so tired um on that note actually like in terms of so we do get a four-day weekend here in the uk we get friday and monday off around easter anyway and uh, even though I was fairly sick and mostly in bed or at least sitting down, I did end up doing a whole load of um, design stuff, which was really cool and fun. Yeah. So it's like when you, you when your brain is not being taken up with like the drudgery of, of daily work. And mine, it's not like my job. It's not like I have to do like I'm not doing brain surgery. I'm not doing extraordinarily difficult things, but like. It weighs on you, and it, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over for a long time, it burns you out, kind of regardless of what you're doing. So, uh, take time if at all possible. And mind you, I I know most of my most of my adult life, I did not have the ability to take time off. Uh, like I'm like, okay, well, I technically could, but I wouldn't be paid, and I also wouldn't be guaranteed work if I <laughs> took a week away or whatever. Um, so. This is really scary. The how how this this works in the US. Yeah, that's um, terrifying. Sucks. That shit sucks. So I'm I am very very glad that I am in a. And it's and the the worst part is that like all of the stuff that has like good benefits, like you know, you have all this time off, you have holidays off, you have um, 
insurance, yada, yada, yada. That's all for, like, the well-paying jobs. Like, that, not, not like, you know, not, not rich, but, like, decently. Like, I, I get paid a living wage. Um, and all the time I wasn't getting paid a living wage, that's when you get fucking nothing. <laughs> that's when you get no benefits, you get no time off, you get fucking nothing. So, like, the worst, the, like, the worse your job is from a pay perspective, the worse your, your job is from a benefits perspective, too. <laughs> so you just get fucked on both ends. Yeah, it's grim. Yeah, it's not working. Um, hey, everybody, unionize. It's fucking working. Piece of living wage, please. Um, it's working. We are in the we are in the midst of a proper like labor movement here in the United States. It is wild. I would have never foreseen it happening. But like twenty five Starbucks stores are now unionized. It once you once you break the seal, once somebody is successful, it's fucking like the domino. The dominoes all fall. It I, is, I heard yeah. uh, amazing. Also unionized somewhere. Yeah. What were you going to say, Rob? I was going to say it's been rare over yeah. the last few years that I look over at the US in any political capacity and think, man, I'll have a bit of what they're having, please. But the unionizing, I'm very covetous of all of that. It's very, it's still very unfashionable, I think, in the UK. I think there are a lot of people who, for some reason, are very much on the side of the businesses. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather... I'd much rather have the the union culture that the US does right now, where it's properly properly having a moment. Yeah, definitely. And like, don't like, don't get it wrong. There are still plenty of people willing to do the labor, uh, like do labor for the the bosses uh, without being paid, like by by defending them uh, constantly. But uh, the fact that there are so many people organizing and organizing successfully, um, I think, says a lot. It also says it's like. Um, People have just had, like, 20 straight years of a shit sandwich, and they're fucking tired of it. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. like shit has been bad for a long time. And, yeah, I think um, it was longer than 20 years, to be honest. But, like, but like really, like, pretty, like, pretty bad. L- like, let's say shit started to get really unhinged around 9-11. Is, is really when America really went went south like listen i if you want to argue that it, it that like 1980 is the is the pivot point i'm with you i hear you out like reaganism definitely set up set us up for failure in every capacity hmm. but like in terms of like the difference in what having lived through it like the day-to-day experience of me as being like you know in a working class family um lived relatively comfortably um in like I, hi well, i'm in 1999 i'm a carefree kid or whatever and then it's like 9-11 happens and it's like oh my god everything is so dark and so terrible and it just kind of like Hey, it's 9-11. Hey, it's the Iraq War. Hey, it's a global economic collapse. <laughs> um, like it just like one after the other after the other after, hey, here's Donald Trump. Oh, here's COVID. Um, and there's just no <laughs> f- fucking end. Like it just pummeled for decades and people are so tired. <laughs> we should have listened to the Australian. Huh? Mm-hmm. How can um, we sleep when our beds are burning? Yeah. You know that song? That guy actually is a politician in the uh, in the Australia. Mm. Yeah. Sounds pretty okay. He um, is. Kind of okay, yes. Let's talk about Twer, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Rob, hey. you're you're looking to, pretend, to to shake things up, I think. Yeah. The, the best way to put it. Reduce your output. So here's some stuff. I, I think what we're, what we're basically going to do for, let's, let's say about 15, 20 minutes, uh, is 
talk through some things that we think might work in our shakeup, and Rob wants to do some other stuff, but wants to stick around, right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I think that one of the options is have one podcast a month that is twer, like, that is, like, classic twer, or, like, twer of the last few years of we're gonna get together, we're gonna say, hey, you, Rob, you, you, um, you play any video games, and you're gonna say, I've played, um, Slay the Spire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then we're gonna talk, you know, about what we've been doing, what animals we've been seeing, what uh, shows we've been watching, what music we've been listening to, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there would be... So having that as one episode a month, I think, is one is good. Would would Is everybody on the same page that having at least one of those would be uh, nice? Yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, okay. So when Rob emailed me, you, he had kind of talked about Jared and because we had done a podcast where Jared was on and talked about like maybe you bring him on. Um, and Jared and I had kind of been talking about doing an X-Files thing because um, okay. I've been watching the X-Files and I'm like, I, I, I was saying aloud in um, work slack. I'm like, I need to start an X-Files podcast to just bully someone into watching the X-Files with me so I can talk about it. Um, and so I think that Jared and I, uh, you know, anybody is welcome to join us if they want to talk about the X-Files, mm-hmm. um, are probably going to do some sort of thing at least once a month about the X-Files, probably watching a couple of uh, episodes of the X-Files. And then, inevitably, he and I both like video games, probably also talking about video games once we talk about the X-Files. Um <laughs> Seems likely. Um, I think that would be a good thing. That that I think that is a worth worthwhile thing to have on tour. Does anybody have any thoughts or dissent about that? No dissent. That sounds super cool. Cool. That sounds that sounds good. Um, Here, so here's yeah yeah. So and th- so the other thing. I, I, so that's so that's two. Uh, two-ish. Um, I, the other thing is that Rob, one of, one of the, not necessarily problems, but one of the things that Rob is looking to solve is having something on a dedicated day. And that works, that works pretty well for me, but I understand that is not always the most impactful. So I think that Rob, uh, tell me if you, if you, if I'm not representing this correctly. Yeah, sure. That you would be more interested in having the episodes kind of like, float in that like about a week or two ahead of time kind of lay down what date we're recording um instead of it being fixed on a thursday or whatever it would be more like hey we want to have a recording this week what what day works Uh, yeah that sounds that sounds exactly right in my head it's like let's do the 20 something and on like the 15th we'll know exactly which 20 something it is or something like yeah. that but yeah yeah so i think that prob probably what we will have to end up doing because the the scheduling is going to be slightly more complicated i think probably we'll have to end up do, having a calendar solution of some type yes um is probably the best thing to do um and that would that would at least that would at least like let everybody know, hey, here is when the thing is here, or like here, like here's the thing question mark. <laughs> um, we also have to work out 
what's the best communication method? Because Rob is like, you seem to be increasingly setting Twitter on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. As much of the internet as possible, really. Like, the more I look at the internet in 2022, the more I think, that's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of it that's not very good. I would have to like that, Like that Homer Simpson gift when he just melts into the hedge. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like or, that. Or it's the... It's the um, Fury Road, that's bait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that, that those are workable. I think those are things that we need to have technological solutions for. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it is time. I, I think I have been slowly, um, fighting this, but it might, it might be time for uh, the weekly Roar Discord channel oh, or <laughs> I don't know. Rob, do you use Discord? Like what? Well, I, I guess the, it's more like I need a, s- <clears throat> I'm looking for communication solutions and there, there, there aren't that many that you're like willing to use. So I guess like what, what, are, what do you think about that? What do you think about Discord? Are you pro Discord? Are you Discord skeptical? I'm Discord neutral. I use it enough as a tool. I like. It, it, it's, it's something I'd certainly be a lot more comfortable with with than a Twitter or a Facebook or a similar. I know you're not suggesting Facebook or a Google Plus or whatever you might have. We're going to resurrect Google Plus to, yes. to host communications on there. We're going to get Discord a Google Wave the going. Advantage of being able to, you are being able to self-moderate the content that you receive by joining or leaving certain channels that annoy you or you feel good in. Um, yeah, and it's only us cool people in there. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I'll probably spin that up and see how that works. And I'll probably spin up some sort of calendar solution. Um, I, another thing that is, uh, that I have seen done and I have participated in with, uh, local politics is people will, um, do up a poll that is like, Hey, here are the dates and times that we could have a meeting. Please select the ones that are okay with you. And then the ones that are, that get the most, we can pick from those. Okay. I think has it does that does that sound good or bad to anyone? Yes, that certainly sounds feasible. Um, okay. I've, I've sounds done things good like to that me, but days. you should probably know that um, it's going to be Thursday or Friday from me all the time. Yeah, I mean, here's the, here's the thing, right? Is that if we're doing a variety of things, it can kind of be whoever wants to join whenever. Like you know, listen, like if if only Rob can make it to the like the regular like tour classic thing <laughs> that's fine you can join us next whatever whenever the next time you're free but then also it's like hey if rob really has something he wants to say about video games he could join us about on the the x-files podcast or whatever mm-hmm. um there's certainly no like this is only for these people this is only for <laughs> those people uh, anything like I could totally imagine something like when Splatoon 3 comes out, I'll be there like every week just being like, hey, guys. <laughs> um, I also, so here's the thing. I'm also, I don't know, because Rob, I, I, I know that like the, your like wishes and desires are kind of, uh, come, come from all over the map, right? It isn't just like one specific thing. So I don't know how you feel about this, but I am thinking about like what would be an episode that would be low, like you don't have to bring anything ahead of time. Would it be fun or something that you would want to do on a regular basis if it was just an episode, uh, like one dedicated episode a month that is just doing like Jackboxes or quizzes or things like that? 
I could imagine uh, having some time for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that that is a good option. I've, I've like w- when you come to that, you have to not, you don't have to have anything prepared. You don't have to come. You don't have to have notes. You don't have to have things to say. It's just like, well, I'm responding to what the game says. And I think that that would make things better. Um, I think that that would give you more opportunities to engage with the podcast without having to feel like you need to do work off the podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that that is something that is worth working on and trying out and seeing what we can do, what, what works, what doesn't work, that kind of thing. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I kind of want to open up the table for at least a few minutes. Um, like what do you folks have any thoughts about what would be a good, um, podcast like what would be a good podcast thing like what would be a good you know if we if those are if those are if those are three things and assuming that you know we do that in basically in a rotation you know let's let's assume we have four podcasts a month um and those take up three what is there does anybody have any ideas on what a fourth would look like Ooh, big question uh off the top of my head i'm wondering what could be in the shape of a non-jackbox game so I, I i don't really have an answer to that it's more just an open question um i do I... so i do kind of i do kind of like the idea so like thinking i i i, I you know it's been a few days since rob uh mailed me I, I guess it's coming up close to a week since rob like emailed me like hey i'm thinking about things um and i was like well what are some things that like we have talked about and never had the and never like gotten around to doing and like <sighs> It's one of those things that is time consuming. So that is like a a thing that is against it. But I was thinking about like, well, what would be a thing to do with Rob is like go through and play Borderlands and like, like schedule out time to just be playing Borderlands with Rob and we could like record what we are saying and then like. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Let's like, let's play Borderlands together. I mean, that's that is certainly a thing. And like the 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 counter argument for that is that like how how long is the Borderlands campaign wrong? I mean, that's yeah, that's a very very good question. Do you want to stream it also? I would say no because that is like the most um like that adds a layer of complexity that I think the is like if you just have if you just have mics on of people as we're playing and then kind of like cut it together I think is is kind of kind of beautiful I'm not necessarily saying that that should be a thing that is we start immediately but I I I I don't know I feel like I would like to play Borderlands with you Rob at some point Yes I think I, I think, think that stands whether or not it's a podcast Yeah I think that would be amazing I think that that would be fun. And I also think that that would like, because I, I like, I like Borderlands. I like the way it feels. I like, I like most of the things about Borderlands, but I, and I feel like if you're doing it co-op, that papers over the parts of Borderlands that I have like icky feelings about. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So uh, that is a thing that I would like, you know, listen, that's a thing that I would like to do, whether or not that becomes a thing that we routinely do on a podcast or not. That's a thing I would like to do. Yeah. Um, another thing is, so we had, um, just think, and you know, like this can, again, th- these are like things we can talk about in like a, if we have like a discord thing, this is, we can kind of like talk about things about who wants to be on what pe- episodes, et cetera, yeah, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, is we have done things in the past. Like we watched the matrix and we've talked about it and we watched star Wars and we talked about it. And those are both things that I like, but we never really had the opportunity to be like, Rob pick a thing or Laughlin pick a thing 
and like we all watch it and talk about that thing. And I kind of, I kind of would like to do that at some point. I like, I have having this kind of like, not like Rob saying I'm going away, but like, hey, things are going to change, or I want things to change. Is it kind of like was that come to Jesus moment of like, oh no, here are all the things that we never did. <laughs> um, and so I think that like I would, li- I would like that. I would like for, I would like to watch stuff that you to care about and then talk about it i think that would be cool at some point okay i mean we had a little bit of that with taskmaster i would argue that's fair that is fair we did we didn't see we definitely did some of that it is i what i would love is if i had if i didn't have a job if none of us had jobs i would love (laughs) i would love to do an episode by episode breakdown of taskmaster (laughs) Taskmaster, yes that would be great um so I think that those are, those those are definitely things to be worked on, and like I definitely think that there are things that uh, Lawson and I like, and Rob, you don't like, and any combination thereof of like two th- things that you and uh, Lawson like, that Rob and Lawson like, that I don't like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then also you add Jared, and then also whoever. Like honestly, if I and I. <laughs> I have no idea what her interest level would be, but like, uh, if, uh, if, uh, Laura has any interest in doing something, then obviously she is welcome to, to, uh, to join us at any point. Um, but I would just say that like, these are things to keep in mind and things to think about as we restructure what things look like. Um, Rob takes less time on the show. Um, and you know, who knows what that looks like six months from now, what it looks like a month from now. Um, you know, how that is configured, what needs to be reworked. Um, and I think the best, the best thing for the show, um, at this point is to like everybody just be open to like, things are going to be wonky for a while. I think it's probably the way to think about it is like things are not going to be as predictable and methodical as it used to be. Um, so there's going to be some period of time where everybody kind of has to adjust to the new reality in which we live. And I think that's, uh, that's about it. Does Rob, do you have anything you'd like to add or, or, uh, or question? No, I don't think so. I think that all sounds, that all sounds really good. Just uh, thank you for, thank you for the consideration. I really appreciate it. And it's, it's been a good nine years. Let's keep doing it. Just a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, Laughlin, do you have anything you wanted to add before we move on? Yeah, I'm just silently, silently plotting right now how to make you all watch what we do in the shadows. <laughs> uh, I think that that is certainly a, a thing that we can we can look forward to at some point. Um, Rob, hey. you playing any video games? Yeah, I was uh, I was pretty sick, so I was just sat there with uh, a TV screen, a computer screen, and not much to do with them. And I've been playing Civilization Five. Um, <laughs> It's a friend mentioned offhand, oh, it might be nice to do a land party of Civilization Five at some stage. So I thought, you know what? I should I should practice a little bit. I should try and remember how it's different from Civilization Six, which you may recall I've played a lot of in the last couple of years. Uh, very much on off. It's very much a feast or famine type of game for me. Um, and the Civilization Five, that game remains, I think, an absolutely perfect game for when you have an unspecified amount of time when you are trapped in a small room. I believe you initially recommended it to me as an airplane game or an airport yeah, game. Yeah, it um, really is. If you want to just, if, like, as a time-traveling device. Yes. If, if you want to not think about some stuff for, you know, until you have to go to bed, then civilization is there for you 
and it was absolutely marvelous for that like i spent eight hours conquering the world and completely forgetting how wretched i felt and then as soon as i turned the computer off i was like oh this again Uh, so yeah civilization 5 i can wholeheartedly recommend for anyone who's ill and can't go outside um and civilization so i thought okay civilization 5 because I don't know how you feel, but I got to the end of a big, long campaign of Civilization V where uh, I ended up winning by timeout for the first time. I um, I was aiming to win by um, diplomacy. So when uh, they have the World Congress in the later end of the game, uh, you need to get uh, a majority of votes to be the world leader, and therefore you will bleed the world she's considered a diplomatic victory and eventually i realized that um (laughs) i had been a little bit too much of a warmonger to get the constituent votes but i was counting the number of votes that my uh that the other nations had i was like if i just knock two more of these off the map i will have enough votes for a diplomatic victory um i can get a 50 plus one all by myself rob Um, are you the are you the united states because you sound like the united states i felt like the united states we love we love diplomacy and by that we mean we're going to send a bunch of bombs yeah (laughs) it was like okay so everyone's angry at me for destroying ethiopia and for destroying portugal but if i get rid of spain as well then uh then i think i might have the diplomatic victory here i'm the only we have one more war but this one this one's a good one don't worry about it yeah spain's only little they've only got one city left i could take that um i I was not able to take that in time um but anyway you reach the end of it and certainly i thought oh i would like to play this game completely differently so i thought my best friend here is actually i've got civilization six in the next room what better way of playing a game of civilization with a slightly different rule set and slightly different objectives and making it feel slightly more uh new and wonderful and different from the last game than civilization six uh the play like playing the sequel uh and it it didn't land honestly i've really really liked that game i think uh i think the switch is the perfect vehicle for a civilization game because you can turn it off yeah you, it's, it's, it's so easy to just carry around with you to boot it off to unboot it da, 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 da. it's really yeah. good for that kind of thing um i don't know what it is i it, it might just be civilization being quite a feast or famine game anyway in the sense that while you're playing it, you're like i just want more i just want more and then yeah. as soon as you've got your fill you're like i am absolutely done with this yeah. <laughs> i have been i have been in a fugue state for 12 hours <laughs> i do do not need to play any civilization for the foreseeable so it might have just been that or it might have been the slight differences to the rules I, so. I kind of like civ 5 more than i like civ 6 but here's the here is the, the thing i can't i cannot tell if it is because civ 5 is better than civ 6 or if it is the the fundamental problem of all, every civilization since civil, since the civ games started coming out is that whatever your first civilization is or the one you spend the most time with, that's going to be the one that you're like, that was the good one. Because when Civ Five was, you know, relatively new, there were a bunch of people with Civ Four being like, Civ Four was the good one, Civ Five was some yes. fucking bullshit. Um, and then the same thing with Civ Three, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and like, there are reasons why you might like one over the other. Like, they're, they're like, they're different. They're different games. So, like, yeah, if you really like this mechanic and that mechanic's not in the other game, you're gonna have a bad time. Um, I, the, my, I have not played. Civ in a while but the thing the main thing that i remember 
being not necessarily put off by, but being like, oh, I have to actually pay attention to this, is how much more micro there is in Civ Six. Like, I remember in Civ Five just having workers and be like, fucking make shit better. Like, hey, just go do stuff. And in Civ Six, you have to like, hey, what do you want them to be doing? And I'm like, oh, I guess I have to think about what they should be doing. <laughs> I fine, okay. Um, but instead, it's a, like, you know, in Civ Five, it's just like, do work. Workers, do work. Go do that. I'm thinking about other stuff. Yeah, it's like there is a little bit of that. It's it's hard to know how much because I found as I reached the end of that big session of Civilization Five that there were so many things that I had barely touched at the start of the game, and when I reached maybe turn three hundred and fifty, I went, "Oh, I can just click a button and make it focus on gold." All right, I'm going to make it focus on gold then. And when you're having those moments, I think, "Oh, I'll do that completely differently as soon as I start my next game, which mm. I'm going to very shortly." Uh, and then it, I, it ends up going to the turn counter 500. Um, but then launching Civilization Six and going, oh, this doesn't quite work the same way. And then having to learn those things all over again, I found, yeah, a little bit of a drag. And I don't think I've ever had the thing of playing them back to back in the same way. I think I played Civilization Five maybe five years ago or so, and then a big hiatus. And then I went, oh, Civ Six is on the Switch. That feels like a good fit. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's been it's been it's been strange. There, I've been surprised by things that I was able to micromanage in Civ Five, and as soon as I noticed it, I went, oh, that's a good idea. And then I couldn't find it or couldn't find it in the same way or I couldn't find it using the switch interface in number six. Um, so I don't know. It's yeah, it, it is weird how how one civilization will just imprint on you like that. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and also one of the things is I, and I don't know what the state of it is now, but Civ five had a very robust like a modding scene and it was baked into like Steam Workshop. So it was very easy to like install and uninstall mods as you see fit. And like, so I had spent a significant amount of time being like, oh yeah, I'm going to play Mormons because like that's a, that is a, a, a civilization that is in like the modding scene on Civ 5. And it's like, yeah, there aren't Mormons in Civ 6. You can't like, yeah, you're not going to have like the weird missionary, like city builder perk that, that these, that this modded in civilization has in Civ 5. That doesn't exist here. And I'm sure like the modding scene in Civ 6 has been substantially expanded since I played it, but. Um, when you have, that's kind of one of the, the, the problems with these games that like, oh, well, you know, like they have a lifespan of like five, six, seven years is that like towards the end, it's like, well, but there's so much cool shit here going to the next one. There's not nearly as much cool shit in this new game. Yeah. Yeah. Having to start from scratch is a real, it's a real bummer. Although again, it's now gone the other way where there are things in civilization six which because i've been playing so much of it i started playing uh civilization five thinking i'm gonna go for a religious victory this time turns out that's just not a thing in civilization five yeah 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 there definitely are things that are that improve like or like i think about it like think about like crusader kings where it's like i spent a lot of time playing crusader kings 3 and obviously it doesn't have as much stuff as like a fully decked out like 10 years worth of content uh of crusader kings 2 but going back to crusader kings 2 
there's so many things that are not in there that are in Crusader Kings 3 that I think you would have, and not, and also like the user interface, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you would just like be having a, a weird time. I think like not necessarily even a bad time, but you would be having a weird time going reverse and trying to go from Civ 3 back to Civ 2. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Um, also like that one of the, like it's small, but it makes a huge difference is that the artwork, like the, the, the artwork that is associated with individual characters in Civ 2 is just kind of um, generic, like, stock artwork for those people. And the, the nice thing about Civ 3, one of, like, it, it sounds small, but is a huge impact, is that, like, all of those characters have di- are, like, dynamically created using and make 3D models. So, like, it's Crusade Kings 3, sorry. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. So, like, you can see those models. So, like, they're, you're much easier, it's much easier to internalize, like, this is a person, like, a distinct person, and not like, I don't know, it's somebody with this, like, accumulation of, of, of stats or whatever. It's much easier for me, at least, to, like, make a narrative around, like, this person who looks distinct. From, like, I don't know, it's generic, like, uh, Renaissance era art or whatever. Um, yeah. Having, yeah, so- ha- having only played Crusader Kings 3, I can't even imagine how much different that game would feel without the people who look vaguely like the people they're descended from. Da, 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 yep. da, 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 and yep. yeah. Yep. Um, you play any other games besides Civ? I've played a little bit of Mini Metro, which is a game that I thought I would quite like for quite a while because it's, yeah, it's the I bought it as a mobile app. It's um, the minimalist subway one where it goes, okay, you've got a triangle, you've got a square, you've got a circle. Yeah, just point and drag to put a line between those two things and then it slowly expands and you've got a bigger radius that you've got to put your subways in and you're trying to basically uh ferry as many dots to triangles and triangles to squares and squares back to dots um as you physically can uh before one of the stations overcrowds um it is clearly a really cool game It's, it's i was hoping it would be a really nice idle game was what i went in because I've got Slave Spire on my phone. I've got it on like three platforms now. Mm. But sometimes you don't want that. Sometimes I want a game with simple rules that I understand that I can just bliss out to. And yeah. I was hoping that that might have been what Mini Metro is. And it's not that. Mini Metro, <clears throat> for all that I've thought for various years, oh, I probably quite enjoy that. Enjoy is a strong word for it. I think it's a really good game. It's a beautifully designed game. It's really... Uh, the, the, the minimalist soundtrack is lovely. Um, the uh, clarity of the design is really good. All of the levels feel surprisingly different to each other, given that you are just drawing lines from circles to triangles and vice versa. Uh, but rather than blitzing me out, it just low-key stresses me out, which mm. I guess I should have seen coming. It's very much racing you against time. It's very much making sure that you don't quite have enough equipment to do the things that you want to do and it's very much the sense of having a low level state of anxiety uh trapped on your phone so uh it's a good game but it's not one that i vibed with mm, yeah yeah i hmm. it doesn't like I, when you when you when you explain it i'm just like it seems like it is like everything and nothing at once kind of yeah it's it's a it's an odd thing, and then also you have here uh, let's build a zoo, which is the we bought a zoo of names. Yes, yes. Uh, let's build a zoo, which came out last year. It was a um, it was 
and still is a pixel-based um, 2D zoo simulator city builder game. Uh, mm. This came about again as I've been stuck inside and going, I just want something that is basically just rules that I don't have to set up, that mm. I can click about on, that will have a little bit of novelty. And I was thinking, oh, that let's build a zoo game. Maybe I should... Maybe I should uh, maybe I should give that a go. And I was tarrying and I was hesitating. And maybe an hour later, a notification came up on my phone saying, a game on your wish list is on sale. It's Let's Build a Zoo. So I went, oh, okay, I guess I'm playing the zoo game. Um, the zoo game is funny. It's uh, so... I'm trying to think, what's the, the, the way... So <laughs> I guess the USP is a morality system, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the way that you play it, you will gain morality points for doing good things and you will gain uh nasty nasty evil points for doing bad things so uh very very early in my game when i just made basically a rabbit enclosure um a black market uh, animal salesman came into my zoo as a guest and i had options to buy animals off him or i could report him to the police and gain some morality points Mm -hmm. uh so i reported him to the police because i don't want anything to happen to those animals and as you keep on playing the game and you keep on expanding the zoo uh, it's got a uh it's got a bit of a um it's mostly a pretty standard zoo simulator top down it looks maybe like a zoo game that you might have had on ms dos or something like yeah. that Rob, uh, if you if you had you didn't buy those uh those orangutans and guess what happened to them oh no they got preserved They're, oh fuck you fucked up rob you needed to you can trust you with those orangutans you can't trust the rest of great britain with those orangutans I'm rescuing them from the from the black market sales. Exactly. Well, next time I will know to buy all of the orangutans from the black market salesman. Yeah. But yeah, as the game continues, you expand the zoo and it's got a it's got a little bit of a cheeky sense of humour. It's got a lot of speech bubbles coming off the animals, which is very sweet. So uh the rabbits will go thump thump. The snakes mm. will just have like a speech bubble that's kind of Mm-hmm. This has huge Rob game energy. It's very silly and it's very funny, and I like the sense of humor. I like what it's putting down, mm-hmm. and it reaches a stage where it goes. Oh, by the way, you have unlocked the science building that allows you to splice together different animals to create new animals for your zoo. The issue that I currently have with Let's Build a Zoo, and I'm not very far into it, is it feels like it's pushing me towards the thing where the immoral things, the clearly immoral things are the fun things and the uh things where i am nice to the animals which is also what i want to do uh are maybe slightly less half-baked things like there was a moment towards the start where it said hey we found a stray labrador we could spend some money to put out an advert and get it back in touch with the owner which will get you some morality points or we could dress it up as a lion which would lose you some morality points, but it would be quite funny. And I wish that the funny things weren't always the evil things. But other than that, I'm having a perfectly nice time. I've only played uh, 18 minutes of it so far, so I'm not very far in. I've got some pigs, I've got some capybaras, I've got some geese um, who say honk a lot, which I really enjoy. Um, And I've got some rabbits. But so far, it seems quite nice. Um, it is a little bit weird, and like, like I'm, I'm not saying that it's wrong, but it is a, a bit odd to be like, in my zoo game, I'm going to have a morality system, and it's like, are you a good zoo owner? Or are you the evil zoo owner? It's a little, it's a little bit weird. 
it's yeah it is weird and that's and that's the vibe that i get from it ultimately it's not like i'm not going is this a good zoo simulator or is this a bad zoo simulator mm-hmm. it's a perfectly good um like simulation game from mm-hmm. the 90s plus how much do you like the weird stuff that we've put in and yeah. so far i've not i've not had enough chance to explore the weird stuff and so far i feel like i would be punished for following the weird stuff which feels like a bit of a design flaw to me but does again. the genetic does the genetic manipulation have morality attached to it like if you're doing it at all you're evil or if you're if you're doing it like the wrong way you're evil i don't know yet so you've got to breathe 10 variants of the same animal before you can start to splice its genes so mm-hmm. it's something that we'll find out a little bit later i'm expecting that you will at least feel ambivalent about it it's uh, the icon for it on steam is i can't see what the uh, body is i think it's a zebra with a crocodile's face mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is very funny mm-hmm. but um i don't know i'm not i'm not sure whether it is a good zoo game or a good joke about zoo games but whatever it is i'm i'm at least glad that i've i've paid some money that strange things that a strange thing is happening in the world and someone's being recompensed for their weird fever dream that they had that's nice yeah i would rather a weird morality play about splicing animals exist than not exist <laughs> yeah absolutely um that seems cool i hmm Man, I don't know. It is weird because I feel like I don't play simulation games very often. And then when I do play them, I'm like, I love it. This is about a great time. And then I I pop out and I'm like, never again. (laughs) I'm slightly having the opposite thing at the moment, which is that I identify, I guess, as someone who quite likes simulation games. And I'm going, am I just throwing myself at any old simulation game because I have embraced the idea that I am a big person who likes simulation games as opposed to someone who happens to have vibed with a few of them and happens to have grown up with them? Um, Like, I I can't work out if I like Let's Build a Zoo yet or no, but I I like what it's going for. Unfortunately, the Two Point University got pushed back, but it is coming this year. Yeah, I think it's been pushed from May to August. Yeah, something like that. Because I, I also want to say it's launching right around Saints Row. Yeah, that sounds right. Yes, I'm sure. I mean, I think that's going to be the test of do I, am I still vibing with simulation games at this point in my life? Let's find out. Um, because, yeah, I was so far into the, um, in fact, I've got Steam open. Let's see how many hours I've got on Two Point Hospital. I have got 176 hours on Two Point Hospital. Uh, so I don't know. See, I don't, I'm pretty sure you can, you can, say that that is not purely nostalgia i'm sure some of it is nostalgia that like oh man i really liked theme hospital when i was a kid but me having not ever played theme hospital i played uh, a significant chunk of of two-point hospital and uh thought it was uh, pretty fucking good yes no I, I, i i certainly agree with that i guess i guess i'm just wondering do i like the genre or did I just vibe with this specific game? I, I think guess. you like the genre, but not everything in the genre is good. I think that's 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 a very sensible way of looking at it. Yes, I think you probably. I think are. that like when there are good things in the genre, you like them. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I think you might have just solved this riddle. Thank you. Yeah, very much. like if you if you hear a shitty rock song, you it isn't like oh I don't like rock anymore. It's like no, it's a shitty rock song. Yeah, you're making you're making you're making some solid points, and I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Are you guys familiar with uh, Sturgeon's Law? 
I don't know that mm, I am. I mean, I might be familiar with the law, but I'm not familiar with the name. With Sturgeon. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Theodore Sturgeon, he uh, was, uh, among other things, a writer for uh, the, the original series of, of Star Trek, but generally mm-hmm. a writer and a screen player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, playwright, I mean. What um, he postulated was that 90% of everything is shit. Yeah, the 90-10 rule. Yes. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, 90% of everything is bad, and then 10% of things are worthwhile. Um, and then there's... Because it's also somewhat confusing, because there's like an 80-20 rule, and that's like... 80, like 20% of the people make the things that the 80 other percent enjoy, things like that. So they, I, I always second I, rule. Yeah, I always get it a little bit confused because I'm like, there's a 90 10 and there's an 80 20, and they're not, they're not the same thing, but they are <laughs> related to each other. Um, yes, I did not know that that was Sturgeon's law, but I am familiar with uh, the 90 20 rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's build a zoo, mini metro, Civ 5 and 6. Sound all pretty. Pretty good, like, even if it's not necessarily hitting. It seems like some worthwhile gaming was done. Yes, 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 yes. Agreed. Laughlin, mm-hmm. play any games? Oh, I did play some WoW. You, but what, what? not only, actually. I had a brief moment where I fired up uh, Heroes of Might and Magic 3. Wow. So yeah. how, 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 old is, how old is that? That has to be pretty, pretty old. Uh, I... <laughs> I don't actually remember how old it is, but it's very, very old. Still uh, available on GOG, though, and it runs, so <laughs> whatever, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was such a blast from the past, um, full of full of nostalgia mode these days. So yeah, I fired it up, played a little. It was fun. I forgot how much fun this game was. It did not look nearly as good as i remember though no uh so i'm looking at uh heroes of might and magic 3 came out it looks like it came out in 1999 so it is over it is over two decades old the hd edition came out in 2015 ah yeah i had that but it still did not look nearly as good as i remember it (laughs) yeah it turns out the same the state of the art 20 years ago is not, turns out it's not that great. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's usually you have a filter over old games that you played and you remember vividly yeah. those lush environments of, I don't know, jungle or something, whatever. And then, Rob, anyway, and then it turns out that, oh God, it's just pixels and you've supplied your imagination to it. And yeah, that happened. Well, and then also, on top of that, g- games that came out and we played on CRTs look better on CRTs. Like, when you are playing them on a modern display that is, you know, that is using, like, a, you know, like an LCD, it mm-hmm. looks worse now. Like, those games, not only do they look worse because we can, we see higher res things, but they look worse on our modern tech than they did then. Like, the, the way that CRTs had mm-hmm. a blurring effect literally made that art work better and that art was designed to run on those screens so when it is done on a modern screen it is like certain effects just don't work like they will they will um use dithering to like have a smooth gradient and that totally works on a crt and then you watch you put that on an lcd and it just looks like random pixels it doesn't look like a smooth gradient anymore yeah that's true 
also uh, these days even TVs have this because uh, we have a new TV after the previous one got fried by a storm. Did mm. I tell that story yet? No. Okay, so um, that was uh, in autumn. Mm. Uh, there was a uh, a storm, a rainstorm, mm-hmm. and thunders and shit. Uh, a thunder uh, hit very close to where I live, and by very close, I, I mean like within a hundred yards from you. Okay. Yeah, and uh, it caused a surge in the power um, grid, and that because I did not have a UPC or any sort of protection from from it uh, connected to my TV, mm. the TV got fried, and we purchased a. Very new for Christmas. That's good. Yeah, uh, and you gotta get a you gotta get a a, a, um, a UPS in between your electronics. Yeah, uh, I don't mean the, the 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 company that delivers stuff. It's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Un- uninterruptible power supply. Yes, that. Uh, so <laughs> what happened was uh, we got like a really brand new, technologically uh, awesome sauce with waterworks and everything mm-hmm. on TV. Uh, it's 4K, obviously, and uh, when I watch Dolby movies now, Vision HDR. Yeah, yeah. When 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 I watch movies on it uh, these days, they, I, oh my gosh, it's the, the the effect. I can clearly see that this is a set and yep. not it. The, the it sound sucks. also sound also is a little weird. There, it breaks my suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it is one of the weird things about having a, a nice TV is that, oh, all of the shit you, th- you used to watch and not be able to notice all of the imperfections, you see them all now. Shit's fucked. They, yes. There are a bunch of problems all throughout all of the media you've liked in every way. Yeah, it, it, it was a pretty, pretty horrible experience, actually. Yep. Sports yep. looks great on it. My father is absolutely ecstatic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially, like, because, you know, sports are shown at a higher frame rate. And then also, you, like, with you, you have a lot of, um, like, so you have better frame rate control with modern TVs. Like, you can say, like, hey, I want you to refresh the, the, the screen only when there is a new frame. And that stuff is, is great. And then, you know, you also have things like, um, like black frame insertion, which makes, makes even, instead of having image, um, have it basically, cause the way that most, that most TVs work is a thing called sample and hold, which is like, you change it to the pixel and then just stay there until there's something new. With black frame insertion, you run it very fast. And so in between each frame, the screen inserts a black, like it basically clears it. And so makes that motion instead of the kind of smeary as some motion can look on a, on a LCD with mm-hmm. black frame insertion, you're cutting that out. And so things look silky smooth and good. Um, not, not, not like it doesn't, not like you're interpolating where it adds like weird artifacts. This basically removes motion artifacts and that's pretty cool. But yeah, new TVs are cool, except they make your shit look bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will have to uh, like rifle through the settings on this yeah. to to maybe turn this off on because I'm pretty freaking certain that it has it because it's yeah. like oh I splurged. 
the bl- yeah. the black frame insertion is cool. Here's the problem though, because you're cutting, you're adding a black frame in between everything. It yeah. cuts the um, the brightness that your screen can do. So if you have a very bright screen, like if you have a very high end OLED that can get very bright, it's not that big of a deal. But on more affordable models that can't get as bright as like the very very brightest, then it really cuts down on how bright your TV can be, and that that's a bummer. Uh, this thing can light up uh, like a Christmas tree. So, yeah. yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. I just really have to... <laughs> anyway, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the tip. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, but apart from that, yeah, uh, new information about WoW came out. Oh, okay. yeah, Wrath of the Lich King is coming out on WoW Classic. Uh, yeah, that. I'm pretty excited for this, actually, because this was my favorite um, expansion. So do you think that they're going to stop with this one, or do you think they're going to keep rolling? Uh, honestly, I think that they're going to stop with this one. I think uh, that's the smart thing to do. Because mm-hmm. uh, the, the nostalgia, uh, yeah. Cataclysm, it um, changed everything about, yeah. wow, they overhauled the um, skill trees, they uh, overhauled the world, basically. Uh, Wrath of the Lich King is the, the, the last of the classics, really. And I really don't see why would they try and uh, go past this when it comes to classic. Yeah, so, yeah pretty exciting. It is weird because, like, I'm like, oh well, you yeah, can spin up servers that are have later things, but then you're splitting an already split user base, and so you're going to have fewer and fewer and fewer people playing it. And that's also a problem as well. Yeah, because uh, people are so excited about vanilla. Do you know that Blizzard actually they they added some code to um to the server uh, that replicated like lags because of your dial-up connection back in the uh, day to yeah. it it was too it was too good with modern connections you gotta fuck it up some <laughs> it i i think it was a stroke of genius on their part actually because if you wanted to have that very genuine uh, experience of vanilla, yeah. <laughs> then you definitely needed that because, um, especially if you, you you could use such lags to your advantage at times. Definitely. Um, so I have a few things I wanted to talk about before we wrapped up. Um, first of all, 13 Sentinels, um, Aegis Rim, which is a game that I really, really loved. Probably, probably would have been, if I had played it in 2020, would have been my number two game of 2020, but I played it in 2021. Um, so it, it is a game that I care about a bunch. It is now on Switch, and here is the good news. The port is awesome. Um, oh, thank I, God. It is a good port. Not only is it does it like run well and look good on the on the screen and all that good stuff. Um, they have adjusted like the difficulty to be more engaging. They've added new gear on like the because there's like the kind of visual novelly adventure game part, and then there's the basically separate uh, but like intertwined narratively um, like pause and play RTS part. And that has like you know like new gear for your max, etc., etc., etc. So. Now, it is basically, like, here is the best way to play that game is now on Switch. Um, so, if you have a Switch, uh, play 13 Sentinels. It's so fucking good. No, um, uh, 13 Sentinels, uh, Aegis Rim is what it's called. Um, you know, listen, it is full price. I understand if people want to wait for that to go down in price some, but... 
um, it is definitely worth playing. Um, the other uh, game that is or that is about to come out uh, that I wanted to talk about is the uh, the Isle of Big Snacks, which is the update to Bug Snacks, which is a like an additional island. It's kind of like an additional campaign that you can play if you've beaten it or not. Um, and I'm very excited to go back to Bug Snacks. The other exciting part is it's coming to other platforms. So it was previously only on PlayStation and on PC on Epic. It is now coming to Steam. It's coming to Switch. It's coming to Xbox. Not only is it coming to Xbox, it's also coming to Game Pass. So it is now... I, I feel, Rob, I feel like this is like a a a, a way to, to like trick you into trying... Bug snacks again because it's going to be on a console instead of a PC. Yeah, I think genuinely. I think. Sorry, my, <laughs> bear with me. Um, yeah, we lost Rob. <laughs> the COVID's got him. Yeah, <laughs> it's just descending into gear. Um, yeah, I think being on PC did hamper because it was such a nice game to play together, and because yep. the PC is so not set up for playing together. Certainly, the way that I've got mine set up. Um, yeah, I could. I could absolutely believe that. And so it's, and it's going to come with all of the content. If you, if you own the game or you have it on Game Pass, it's going to have all of the content. It's going to have the Isle of Big Snacks as well. I am so, so stoked. I, I, uh, platinumed Bug Snacks because oh, I liked wow. it so much. I love, I love, 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 love that game. So it is, they're getting a, you know, a nice, <coughs> chunk of free content um not only is there like new campaign stuff with you know that has i think it's like five of the of the characters uh from the main game um and i think some additional characters as well and um so new bug snacks also i think this is a thing that is very rob um and i think might 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 uh help um <laughs> convince you is that they have added bug hats which are hats oh, for your bug snacks wonderful that's great news um, which is delightful. Uh, I, I like so much of, of, of what Bug Snacks does, and it's now going to be so much easier for people to play. Um, uh, if you don't have a PlayStation or you don't have a PC, um, it is now on other stuff. I, what I hope, I hope that it runs well on other stuff. You know, it's not that demanding of a game. It's not like a, there's not a lot, a lot of wild stuff popping off. Um, so hopefully it doesn't run poorly on the Switch. Um, but I'm sure it will run just fine on Xbox. Um, even an Xbox One base model, I I can't imagine it being that uh, hard to, for it to 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 deal with. Um, so yeah, definitely check that out. It's awesome. It's it's. I'm so excited to play that. That's like a. I think it's next week. I think it's the twenty. I think that's coming out on the twenty eighth. So uh, next Thursday, I think is when it comes out. So I'm I'm excited about that. Um, I continue to play Horizon. I'm having just a fucking incredible time. I I was playing a a side quest. I was just I was just on a side quest. I was just kicking it and it ends up i end up fucking in like seeing people invent flight again in up in the post post apocalypse and then being on the first like uh pa- like uh manned flight in the post post apocalypse fucking awesome just fucking like this is just a side thing this is just a fun little side goof not even the main plot and i'm just having a wonderful time so Horizon Forbidden West. Love it. Love that game. It's a, it's a very, very, very good game. Um, and then the other thing that I'm, <laughs> that I've, I've been doing is, um, I've been watching X-Files still. I probably, we're probably going to do a podcast about it at some point. Um, I'm pretty much through most of, uh, the first season. I think like I think that show is just straight up good. Like it's goofy and there's a bunch of stuff that is like very, very silly, but I think it, it's, it's, um, the fundamental chemistry between, 
Mulder and Scully is so rock solid that they can do the goofiest shit. And, um, and they've already, like, in the first season, they've already done some stuff that is, like, uh, taking your expectations and, and, and then cutting them off at the knees. So, like, hey, here's the thing in which you'd think that Mulder would buy hook, line, and sinker because he's a fucking simp. Um, hmm. but then it's like, oh no, actually, here's, here, we're, we're turning on its head. Uh, because it's this is about religion, and so Scully buys into it, and Mulder is skeptical. Um, like, yeah, all right, it's good. I'm, ha- I'm having a pretty good time with the X Files. I also started Neuromancer. I- I'm about halfway through the book Neuromancer, which is, you know, one of the the preliminary like begat cyberpunk um, as a as a subgenre. Um, it is also wild that. So much of the shit that they, that, that, like, cyberpunk in general has stolen from Neuromancer is in, like, the first, like, 20 pages of that book. Uh, like, they literally call the thing that you're, that is, like, the, the false, uh, you know, like, you know, robot reality, the computer reality is called the Matrix. <laughs> um, it, it, that book introduces the, or, or William Gibson introduces the word cyberspace. He invented the word cyberspace. Uh, which, you know, was stolen by reality, uh, as, as a thing that people say. Um, it's weird. It unfortunately plays into some very, um, gross stereotypes. So there's like the, the fundamental baked in Orientalism in so much of cyberpunk that I am very tired of, uh, witnessing. Um, and then on top of that, there's a significant section where there is a Jamaican, uh, there's a, there's a Jamaican and somebody who's not from Jamaica, but is within like this Jamaican community. And, uh, he is writing it and I am listening to an audiobook. And so I'm listening to somebody who is not Jamaican do a, a Jamaican patois. Oh, no. And oh, no. I'm, I'm like, I'm not having a good time here. I'm having a bad time. <laughs> um, so that, that is uh, worth noting. Hey, like, listen, there are, there are things that are obviously extraordinarily important to like the sci-fi, like sci-fi and then cyberpunk within sci-fi, um, that, you know, people have stolen from in, 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 immensely in the last 40 years. But also, like, I think that there are some moments of just like, oh, that's really like clever writing. Like, that's a really good way to phrase that. I really enjoy that. So I don't think that it is like a, like a, like a bad book. It is, a, it's a cyberpunk uh, book with all of the baggage that comes along with that. Um, that it, there's bad stuff mixed in with some like, oh, that's like, mm, that's really like a, like a very, like, like a, a good, like a good burn you have there. <laughs> like, that's a very, very clever little quip here. And seeing how much, like, everybody have, has just fucking stolen wholesale from, <laughs> from Neuromancer. They're like, yeah, I read Neuromancer. I was a teenager. I read Neuromancer. And then I just stole the shit. <laughs> that they were doing a neuromancer and then made my own shit on that is oh. uh, kind of wild how copy and paste so much of cyberpunk is um on neuromancer uh, i also plan on reading snow crash which is another like you know one of the most important uh in the genre and i read i plan on reading that but like you know sometime this year so i'm i'm pretty interested in that um yeah but uh to be honest though and uh, neuromancer is was the first book of its genre yeah i mean like there is definitely some arguments but it is if not the first one of the first it, yes yes uh it a trade blazer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else basically stood on the shoulders of it definitely yes and absolutely. mike post the creator of cyberpunk 2020 and the newer version as well 
and so heavily involved in creating the uh, CD Projekt game. Uh, yeah, he was very, very open about the fact where he took the inspiration from. Also, uh, he uh, usually can be a bit of a dick about it so at least there's that he admitted to it so. yeah um also like night city is a is a place in in um in neuromancer that is referenced in like the first five minutes of the audiobook and that is like oh okay yeah night city like you know in cyberpunk so, yeah yeah yeah, i got it night city um, yeah because cyberpunk was supposed to be the 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 Cyberpunk, the uh, the RPG game, and then yeah. and then the computer game. It was basically Neuromancer, the game. Yeah, like, they really wanted it to be just, Neuromancer. Yeah, like D and D was. They started out as Lord of the Rings, the game. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it is it is wild seeing it. Uh, we're running a little bit late, so let's wrap this sucker up. Rob, where can people find you on the internet if if there's a place at all? Uh, you can find me. So this week I am on the YouTube channel Lovely Lizard Snakes, which is Laura's channel. Uh, she has made a video about uh, an upcoming Neantic game called Peridot, which I briefly feature in. Is it Peridot or Peridot? Uh, well, they say that the creatures are called dots uh, for mm. sure. So I assume it's meant to be pronounced dot. Oh, let's see, because it's like the word Peridot. I was like, oh, it's like Peridot. But now I'm now I'm confused. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah, like they have fucked up the name. It was like the first thing that I said is, "Am I pronouncing this right?" I'm, I, I don't appear commenting on paradots at all. I appear chasing a dog. But mm. <laughs> it's a nice cameo. <laughs> Did the bats make a cameo, Rob? No, not this time. Boo, uh, Laughlin. Where can people find you on the internet? On um, Instagram, probably. I might see it, and probably some on Discord also. Mm. Yay, Discord. Um, and if you want to find me, head over to grantbrunner.com. There, I, I don't know. I, I might put out a, I might put out a game. I might put out a twine game. Oh. I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but I'm working on it slowly, but surely I'm working on a twine game. So maybe, maybe you'll see that eventually. For the Weekly Roar, I'm Grant Brunner. I'm Rob Webster. That's Laughlin. Have a good one. Shop back.